Hello and welcome to apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we're going to drink passion fruit and mango green tea by Wittard. While we talk about the podcast, what should I read next with Ann Vogel? Then we are going to play a game essentially called, what should I read next? And then we're going to talk about things we just can't stop thinking about this week, which for Megan is Halloween and her costume. And for Shosh is commissioning artwork. And I can't wait to talk about those things. But first, <laughs> Shosh, what do you think of passion fruit and mango tea? I kind of feel like it should just be called tropical green tea because it just feels tropical rather than a specific fruit, but I like it. And I am a little confused because I looked at the ingredients and it doesn't actually say it has any passion fruit in it. It only has pineapple and mango. So my question is, do pineapple and mango mix to make passion fruit? Yeah, I don't know. Cause I would definitely say it is passion fruit, but it's a passion fruit like aftertaste. I know I talk about that. I feel like I talk about an aftertaste with tea all the time. So obviously to me, there are different flavors that occur in the tea, but oftentimes the initial flavor to me is whatever type of tea it is. So if it's black tea, I can know like, I feel like the taste, the black tea, if it's green tea, I taste the green tea, but then like the overtones or the aftertaste is what comes, it ends up being predominant. And for this one, it is, I would definitely like say passion fruit. I would like close my eyes and be like, oh yeah, that's passion fruit. I love passion fruit. I fell in love with passion fruit when I was Vietnam, when I was in Vietnam, da, 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 da. But maybe the way to make passion fruit flavoring is pineapple and mango. And I just don't know it. <laughs> Again, tropical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's tropical, all I've got but without the coconut. Tropical. Yeah, I mean, I can get passion fruit. Especially sort of from the smell a bit and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't know, if you didn't tell me it was passion fruit, I would be like, oh, it tastes, like I said, tropical. Mm -hmm. so and I think the moral of the story is if you mix pineapple and mango you get passion fruit <laughs> we will have to try that in other ways <laughs> right so that's all I've got mm, I love it it's a good tea it's sweet but I also added honey so that's gonna make it sweeter <laughs> I think I, I also added sugar to mine because I almost always drink my tea with sugar and I was surprised at how sweet it is so I would be interested to try this next time without sugar because I think because of the mango and pineapple pieces in it that it might actually be pretty sweet on its own mm -hmm. so I don't dislike it but I was just surprised by how sweet it was for the mm -hmm. amount of sugar that I put in so right. I think it, it's probably fairly sweet on its own yeah, I would agree. But I would drink it. I'm glad to have more. Hey, awesome. All right, Megan, do you want to tell us about this podcast? Yes. So the podcast is called What Should I Read Next by Ann Vogel. And if you listen to the podcast, she will she starts out every episode by essentially saying we don't get bossy here, but we do want to provide book recommendations. So Ann Vogel, I'm pretty sure, is someone whose job it is to promote books and she quite a while ago I don't actually know the history but she created this podcast and the way it works is that people have filled out a form 
and they have told her ahead of time some books that they like, some books that they don't, who they are, and she interviews them. And each interview does start with a discussion of three books a person liked, one book a person didn't like, and then she'll offer, she'll suggest usually at least three books to read. And then she asks, okay, of these three that I have promoted to you, which one do you think you'll read next? And that's every episode is like that. But every episode is also so different because it is so focused on the person who's being interviewed. So she has brought in, you know, she's brought in multiple people. So she's brought in like book clubs before of three people. And so they've each shared their books and how that book club came into being. She's a huge promoter of book clubs, of course, and pretty much anything having to do with reading. Uh, and this episode that was just this past week that I had Shosh listen to uh, was just an enjoyable kind of standard episode. It was a gentleman who talked about three books that he liked, one book that he didn't. Um, but in the episode, he talked about how he played a game with, I think, his sister, but it might have been a friend. And the game they called was called What Should I Read Next? And with just each other they talked about three books they liked and one book they didn't and they didn't recommend books to each other I don't believe but they just really enjoyed that discussion so I was like Shosh we should play this game <laughs> and you should listen to this podcast and so here we are <laughs> so this is a podcast that I don't usually listen to I have listened to it before because Megan has sent me an individual episode here or there that she's liked but I don't regularly listen to it Although I did really enjoy it, I think more than I did in the past when I listened to this time. I don't know why. Maybe my podcast tastes have matured or something. <laughs> I have no idea. But I was laughing when, you know, he was talking about doing it. I think it was his friend, but I could be wrong on that. But I was laughing when he was talking about basically doing what they do on the podcast with his friend. And I was like, Megan needs to do this because he said in the podcast he was literally like we went on this vacation we decided to you know play the what should I read next game I told her three books I liked and one I didn't and then she said Michael you should apply for it <laughs> and then I went home and I filled out the form using those books and now he was on the podcast and I was like hmm Megan, I think I shall <laughs> challenge you to Ooh. apply for this podcast. Well, you made me send an email to Dear Hank and John, so I think it's only fair that you have to send something into a podcast too. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes, it would be amazing if, if she on. picked you. Uh, yes, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, and it's going to be amazing. I um, love it. But so I, I enjoyed that they played the game and that obviously from that, Megan decided that we would do that as well. I also liked in his discussion, he, was he a book promoter, an editor? He also yeah. does something in the book realm. So I liked his discussion of sort of wanting to separate out his work reading from his personal reading. And so I thought that was, you know, just an interesting point that 
for somebody who is lucky enough to get to read for their job that doesn't mean they want to be reading the same things and necessarily having a lot of crossover although mm-hmm. he said that but I don't know how much he's following through with that because he said recently he works on a lot of biographies and then he was talking about for his personal fun reading he went out and bought a biography to then see what fonts they used and how many pictures they used and how they wrote about it and I was like dude you're not really you're not really separating these things out for yourself but I got what he was saying so that mm-hmm. was that was fun and then I also thought it was interesting because he is also in the book world they were talking about all the book delays with production mm-hmm. which obviously I've seen um you know I've seen different things of that mm-hmm. manifesting well, in different ways experienced it like kind of down the line but with your lit joy stuff right because i've had books books be Mm -hmm. delayed and stuff and they keep saying there's production issues there's paper issues there's just all of these things so i thought that was interesting and they he was also saying that books that have things in color are often done outside of the u.s yeah that was fascinating right yeah i was like why i don't know because the u.s is gigantic surely they can print in color yeah maybe we're maybe the like for all I know there it's the ink is more toxic and you have to have the right thing and our produce book producers don't want to have to keep OSHA regulations and so they're like yeah we'll just do that in another country where they don't care that the ink is toxic <laughs> sorry America <laughs> my really bad attitude yeah I it's possible I have no idea I mean they didn't say specifically like which countries or anything they just were saying outside of the U.S. but you're right it is possible maybe it has something to do with how they're made it could be I don't know that some of the publishing houses have just specialized in stuff and rather than Mm -hmm. upgrading it somehow makes more sense to keep it separate and specialized doesn't seem like it because it seems like once you add in like shipping costs and stuff but then also, who knows, like, where's the paper right. coming from? Where's the, you know, glue to bind the books coming from? I mean, I have no idea about all of the supply chain bits. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not. But it, I was just kind of shocked by that little tidbit. Yeah, me too. And then, oh, she, they, they had a, a little discussion about finishing books. So I was going to ask you, do you always finish books you start or are you okay stopping? So we will talk about this when we play our game, because the one book that I didn't like is the one book ever that I have intentionally stopped reading. Like there are other books that like I realized, I'm like, oh, I don't think I ever went back to finish that, but it wasn't intentional. It wasn't that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just that something else shiny and prettier came around and I got distracted. But this book, I was literally like, I am not reading this anymore. I do not enjoy it. I don't care about these characters. Literally, they could die in the next page and that might be better. Like, <laughs> Strong feelings. Yeah. Can't wait to hear what book this is. <laughs> so that has happened to me with one book. Um, so I, I certainly never intend to not finish a book or, and what more than likely happens is I don't finish a series very rarely do I remember that I was actually in the middle of a book but like occasionally like if I'm reading a book on my kindle that's actually a library book and the book just disappears because that's what happens when you have to return the book and you forget that it's gone and it just disappears 
Um, and I've just been like, oh, that's okay. I'll just, you know, I'll get to it again. And then I just never get to it again. So I can think about that with one book. But I can think about that with multiple series where like the next book in the series wasn't available immediately. So I moved on. How about you? See, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because I can't ever remember actually purposely stopping in the middle of a book. There are definitely books that, especially because I tend to read multiple books at a time, there are definitely books that haven't caught my attention enough that, you know, you just don't get drawn back to them. And then I have just somehow never gotten back to it because I, like you said, I've seen shinier, prettier Mm -hmm. things and gotten distracted. So they're definitely not a ton, but there are a few books like that or the same as you, a few books where I enjoyed what I was reading but I obviously couldn't have been super addicted because then the next book wasn't out yet. And then I it never picked it back up when the new book came out. So I can definitely think of a few like that, but I can never, ever think of a single book that I've like actively stopped reading because it was so bad. And I don't know. The reason I have mixed feelings is because I feel like in principle, if you don't like a book, you should stop reading it because there's so many other amazing good books out there. But somehow in practice, I feel like once I commit to a book, I kind of need to finish it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, because it's like I feel the one way, but my actions don't really line up with that. So I'm not sure. So I was just curious. Yeah. Yep. I always want to give the book the benefit of the doubt. But there's just, as I say, one book that I was like, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> Amazing. And then, okay, so Michael's books, had you read any of them? His three books that he loved were Atonement, Good in Bed, and In Cold Blood. I had not. I hadn't either. I felt a little bad about that. I really wanted to have read the books that he was talking about. And then the book that was not for him was Mexican Gothic, and I also have not read that. that I think you I have, read. right? Yep, yep, that one and I read. Did... Um... That one, so that one has a lot of, like, surrealism, and that is never my favorite. Like, magical realism is never quite for me. I'm much more drawn to sci-fi, where it's, like, the possibility may not exist now, but the science indicates that it could exist in the future. Like, that, to me, is just much more interesting. Um, So what he felt in Mexican Gothic in terms of like a really interesting concept didn't go anywhere. I also felt, but I think I enjoyed it more than he did just because it was so outside of what I would normally read. So for me, it was like kind of interesting to be there and it was certainly was creepy. So we read it, I think last October um, or at least around like the Halloween time. So that, that worked in that sense. Like I was ready for kind of creepy things but I can understand like his criticisms. Yeah. Creepy. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like scary or creepy things really. Well, especially not movies. I just right. jump too easily. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. And then she gave her recommendations and he really wanted a genre change so he was saying that he didn't really read a lot of science fiction which he was a little bit embarrassed about being in the book world so (laughs) (laughs) although 
to be fair, she kind of pointed out that he had sort of read some science fiction. Mm-hmm. So yes, she is making me want to read Octavia Butler. So because th- this is not like so that was one of her suggestions, which I'm sure she'll get to here in a minute. But she it's not the first time she's been like it's I don't know I would say the fourth episode, not necessarily in a row, but like in a row that I listened to. So I haven't listened. I don't always listen to it every week. But I was like, okay, I get it. I want to read Octavia Butler. Like, <laughs> well, she even said that she sort of prefaced the whole thing by saying, you know, I know I've been talking about this author a lot, but <laughs> so she she said that too. But so she recommended Kindred, and then she also mentioned her Earthseed series. But she apparently is a big fan of Octavia Butler. I haven't read anything of hers. I haven't either, but I feel like that is a hole in my reading life that needs to be filled she then also recommended hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah now everybody knows this exists but i haven't read it i have but she said and i looked it up to check there's over a million and a half ratings on goodreads that is a lot of ratings mm-hmm. like a yeah. lot mm-hmm. it has like a cult following that's what I mean. I feel like it's one of those books everybody knows about, but I haven't I'll read it. I'll read it with you. Yeah. Let's read it. It's fun. <laughs> she was talking about it and I was like, is this something I probably should have already read? I feel like it is. <laughs> then she recommended The Holly by Julia Rubenstein. I didn't know that either. Mm-mm. And then... So then she asked him what she was going to read. And he said he was going to read The Holly first. I think there were some connections to him with that because he was a former New Yorker living in Colorado. And this had to do with, I think maybe even a former New Yorker living in Colorado, but definitely a community in Colorado. So I think maybe he felt some connections. But then the best part was she was like, I had the best book and I remembered after our conversation. So I called him back. So I really (laughs) liked that. So she called him back to recommend a book that's about to come out, actually, I think in just a few days called bewilderment by richard powers and i don't know she really sold him on that and so he was going to read that first but that was another one i don't i don't even recognize most of these authors so i feel a little bad i don't think you need to feel bad like that's part of the fun of the show is that she's gonna recommend authors that we may be missing because they're not necessarily the bookstagram the go-to authors Mm -hmm. at least not for us I mean I'm sure they obviously have a following but it's true introduce you to something new Mm -hmm. and then sometimes she recommends things that are recommended everywhere because like she recommended Ray Bear then somebody Mm. on pop culture happy hour I think also one of the NPR politics NPR apps said Ray Bear and you can, you know, once multiple of my podcasts start telling me to read something, that's when I'm like, show which we need to read. We have to read this. <laughs> I'm that way too. Like if I start hearing about something everywhere, or if I see something sit on a bestseller list for a long time, even if I wouldn't normally pick it up, then I just want to know what all the fuss is about. I just mm-hmm. need to read it so that I know what everyone is, you know, talking about. So mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. And I think if I remember correctly, the episode that you sent me last time from this podcast, she recommended the house in the Cerulean Sea to someone. Mm-hmm. And I had not heard of TJ Klune at that point and loved that book. Absolutely loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. Yep. Okay. Megan, I guess we have to move on. 
to our portion where we have to say three books we liked and one we didn't like. Okay. Why do you make me choose? You first. Okay, I need to point out, as Michael also said, I did not pick my absolute three favorite books of all time because that would be impossible. I am very bad at making that kind of decision. It is literally impossible. I picked three that I like. I like a lot, but I don't know. I, I could never pick a favorite anything, I don't think. So don't don't make me, please, Megan. Don't make me. <laughs> I told you that was fine. Yeah, but you still made me choose books. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. But I specifically told you they don't have to be your favorites. I know. But still, you kind of like want them to be. It's a really hard decision, too, because there's so many books. So this Lots was tough. Books. This yes. was really tough. They're just okay. three books that are representative of books you like to read. Yes. So the first, oh, and for the record, Megan told me they could be series also. Yes, they can. So that is good. Okay. <laughs> the first book, well, books that I picked is the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a bit obvious because <laughs> who doesn't love Harry Potter? Everybody loves Harry Potter, but I love Harry Potter. I just, I remember the first time reading them. I remember, I know we've discussed this before, but going to the bookstores at midnight to get them. Obviously in the reread, especially some of the beginning ones, you know, aren't as good as the first time you read them, but still it's like the series as a whole, I just really love. And I feel like this is representative of other books like The House in the Cerulean Sea that are kind of like a little bit sort of young, young adults, maybe even younger adults, but also, you know, there's like the coming of age stuff and I don't know, magic. So I don't know, Mm. Harry Potter series. That's the first one I picked. Love it. Plus, I just watched you open Harry Potter pajamas. (laughs) That is true. We may have paused so that I could get the delivery of Harry Potter pajamas. (laughs) So she's not lying, folks. (laughs) She really loves Harry Potter. (laughs) It's hard not to love Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, of course. I love Harry Potter. Did you end up picking Harry Potter? (laughs) thought we might overlap on that one we'll see oh wait I have to give all of mine first oh do you want me to do my next one my first one I don't I I don't mind either way I just didn't I didn't know what was happening so should I keep going or are you gonna give your first one Mm, keep going okay the second series (laughs) that I chose is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J Moss Mm mm-hmm you're laughing. Are we overlapping on all of these? This is going to be amazing. Okay. I picked this for a bunch of reasons. I love this author. I love this book series. I also feel like this is, again, representative of the whole sort of, you know, it's called like new adult, I think. And Sarah J. Moss is transitioning also a bit into adult, but, you know, it has all of the adventure sort of aspect. It mm-hmm. has really strong casts of characters you get romance you have strong female leads and this I feel like again encompasses all of Sarah J Moss but also authors like Lee Bardugo you know we've been talking about Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows Ninth House all of those so I feel like it's that whole kind of 
universe, you know, with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jennifer L. Armentrout, Sarah J. Moss, like all of those books that we really love. So I picked A Court of Thorns and Roses series as my second one. Mm-hmm. The third book that I picked, which is completely different, but I picked The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. I love everything about John Green. I loved that book. Part of the reason I loved it was because it was so surprising and so different for him. It's also really different than the other stuff that I picked, but it's just, it has so many cool random facts about things. It's told so beautifully. It connects so much with people. I just, I loved everything about it. So it's a little bit different, but that was my third book that I loved. And do you want the book that I hated? Yes. Okay. The one book you didn't love. <laughs> the one book that I didn't love that still sticks out with me. There may have been others, but I don't, none of them have stayed with me so viscerally, was The Princess Trials, which oh, I yeah. know will not surprise you. I probably would have given up on that book. Not probably. I would have given up on that book if we weren't reading it together. And if we hadn't had good recommendations for it. I don't know why, but I could never get into it. None of it made sense. I really hated the main character. I just, it didn't work for me at all. So I'm sorry, Princess Trials, but you're the book I didn't like. That's okay. You're allowed not to like a book. I feel bad saying I don't like a book like I'm I don't know betraying my books or something <laughs> I guess we can't like them all right that's true that is very right. true now that you've tortured me by making me choose books what are the three books that you love and the one that you hate well I will start with um the first one that I read that I love is A Court of Thorns and Roses so I chose Um. that one yeah (laughs) chose that one much like Shosh because it is representative of my love of fantasy my love of strong characters Uh, while it is technically a series now I still think of it as a trilogy um, that just happens to then have additional books after it so it represents my love of trilogies (laughs) and of course, Sarah J. Moss is an amazing author. She makes me feel things. Even when I'm like bound and determined not to like her character, she makes me love them later. So yeah, fantasy, magic, all of those elements. Um, so for that, I love A Court of Thorns and Roses. Plus that series also takes like, you think you know where it's going because it's based on Beauty and the Beast and you don't. You don't, you don't know where it's going and it's amazing. The second one I chose is a series. Um, it's This is the Vorkosigan Saga. It's by Lewis McMaster Bujold. And this is a science fiction series. And I pr- chose it because it is science fiction. It is a space opera, as that's the terminology for series that are set in space that just keep going. Um, and this one, this one has an end. So it's not like it co- keeps going like a soap in that sense, like a soap opera, but there are at least a dozen books in the series and I love them there's it's again strong characters strong female characters the main character is um a man but what he is he is oftentimes asked to act manly so to speak and he does not want to do that that is not his his goal is not to be um 
that kind of stereotype. And also he can't, he uh, is disabled in multiple ways in disabled and physically in a country that definitely does not respect anybody who isn't quote unquote perfect. So uh, he can't in that way fulfill that perfection of um, manliness, so to speak, but how he gets around that through his brain, through his, like through his intelligence and his friendships. Oh my gosh. It's, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Could not love it more, but it is science fiction. So I chose it for that highlight. And then the last book, which again is very different. um, I actually chose On Writing by Stephen King. Um, on writing like a memoir of a craft I think is the full title and I am not an an author I don't like I've written a few things here or there so I didn't read it to learn how to write even though obviously with the title called on writing that's largely the point but it ends up being very uh, memoir filled so it is how he like the process that Stephen King developed how he writes He's very methodical in the sense that he's like, I get up every morning, I write, I can't remember if it's like 30 pages or 30 minutes, but he's got a very, not, I don't want to say strict and rigid, but a very repeatable um, structure that he does to write. And he recognizes that writing is his craft and it's not about whether or not I want to write today. Um, It's I get to write today and I have to write today. Um, and he's like, and sometimes what I write is crap. It's 30 pages of trash. Uh, and sometimes he, you know, when he's talked about, he talks about the pain of what it is to literally have to edit and delete 30 pages of stuff, which I can't even imagine. Like I hate editing, um, but I just really, I chose this book because it is so different, but it is different in a way that I also really like. Like I like books that are teaching me something. I like memoirs. Um, I always ha- I'm always trying to read some sort of uh, nonfiction, and so he, that book is representative of my nonfiction reading. Then the book I didn't like, which you've now heard a bit about without hearing a title, is called V, and it's by Thomas Pynchon. And it's one of those books that's like on all the lists of if you are the best classical book reader ever, blah, 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 blah. This is what makes you a good reader or whatever. And the description is, a it's a wild, macabre tale of the 20th century told through two men, one looking for something he's lost, the other with nothing much to lose, and V, the unknown woman of the title. I don't care about either of these two men. I got like quarter of the way through the book and I didn't like either of them they weren't I didn't enjoy them they weren't fun I didn't care what they thought but I was having to read their thoughts it it macabre is a good way to say because it barely made sense in places I was just like oh I I can't this it's stream of consciousness it doesn't even make sense and I don't care like they're not knife men like they're bordering on like psychopath and I just don't care Uh, just not at all and at one point I was like oh I don't I don't have to read this like (laughs) if I don't care if literally they could die on the next page and I'd be like oh thank god what is the next part of this book I don't have to read it so I quit 
Um, and I was reading it with a friend at the time and I told him, I was like, I can't do this. Like you're reading this book on your own. Uh, if you're enjoying it at all, it's all you because I don't care. <laughs> Did your friend finish? I don't know. He wasn't enjoying it at the time. Um, he was really busy and I don't know if he ever finished because we ended up reading and like moving on to another book. Um, and I don't, I don't know if he finished it or not. He probably did, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he was like really enjoying it either. Sounds like two votes for something not to read. Yes. <laughs> no, no. And it gets like 3.9 stars on Goodreads. And I was like, oh, I've got to rate this one. I was like, one star. We're <laughs> bringing this down. Oh. Did Princess Trials was the only thing I've rated on Goodreads with one star also. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. So now we have your three books and, that you li- love and one that you hate for your application. Yes. Now <laughs> to see what the rest of the application looks like, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope she picks you. That would be that so That would be awesome. so fun. I could talk about all my book clubs. Yeah amazing that was fun I mean we don't have Ann to recommend books for us now but that was still fun mm-hmm. although maybe you will in the future we'll see fingers crossed yes that would be amazing although if it will give you anxiety or something you don't have to do it because I sent that message to dear Hank and John and then ever since I since I send it I have like this little bit of anxiety every time I listen to one of their episodes I'm like oh my god I hope they don't ever talk about this stuff from my email I kind of want to send them an email and be like I retract my (laughs) previous email so no I love it I hope they do and I'll let you know please unless I have to sign like a non-disclosure agreement until I'm on and then I won't let everyone know until after I'm but on you can the tell show me in secret. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm you cannot tell that. me because <laughs> we wouldn't want to break any agreements exactly. wink, wink. <laughs> oh man okay that was super fun I enjoyed that despite the fact that you made me choose books which is not easy so do you want to tell us about your upcoming halloween costume sure so i do halloween every year with my husband and uh, our best friend dawn and her wife crystal and her mom and we her mom, Diane, sorry, I realized I didn't say her name, and anybody else who wants to join us. And we've done this for going on like six or seven years now. I can't believe it's been that long. So in the past, some of our themes have been, we did a circus theme. Last year, we did a mad scientist theme. We've done, we did like a fairy nymph wood wood creature woodland creatures theme so I did, I was a fairy yeah we have they have so much fun we did like a pharaoh theme one year I'm trying to remember anything else oh we, we did like a witch's theme one year so I just went as Hermione yes yeah it was awesome 
Um, so we've been batting around ideas for this year and kind of indecisive. Uh, we were trying to like, can we be Disney villains? How hard would that be? Because we were like, one of us needs to be Ursula, but then like, how do you do Ursula with make it look good without having to pay a whole lot, all this stuff. And finally, what we landed on is female music icons. So I think Diane's thinking about being Cher. Mm. Got someone thinking about either Madonna or Selena. Um, we've talked about me being Dolly Parton. So um, I can't remember who Jer was going to be. I don't know that he's decided yet, but he'll be a female icon. So that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I know I noticed that you didn't just go with musical icons you right. went with specifically female, female. icons yeah was that specifically so. to make Jeremy dress up as a woman oh I don't know I wasn't there for the start of the conversation so it could be they could have had that discussion but like sometimes Don's brother Dan joins us so we would make him dress up as a woman too I was just curious yeah. how that how such you know because it's so specific mm -hmm. that's fun I cannot wait to see pictures yeah we'll post them when we have them I haven't dressed up for Halloween in I don't even know how long a very long time I used to love it when I was growing up I almost always picked like my costumes almost always had some kind of big gigantic dress that I would make my mom make like one time I was Belle from Beauty and the Beast mm -hmm, and of course I needed too. the big giant yellow dress and stuff yep, me too so I was constantly making my mom make these gigantic <laughs> fancy dresses and I always loved it it was so fun when we did Halloween but then mm -hmm. as I got older I just kind of stopped dressing up one time when we were at IU, we did a really fun pumpkin carving party and we had all these people over and we had like a million pumpkins lined up outside of our apartment and that was super fun, but I haven't done anything for Halloween for a long time. I mean, in sense of, you know, something special, I've, you know, done my own pumpkins or something like that, but definitely haven't dressed up. Yep. I would do it if I had like a group and we were all doing it together, but I don't mm -hmm. really have a reason to, but that sounds so fun. Yeah. Well, in our neighborhood, Kensington is known for its Halloween. So there is one house that for years has done a haunted house. Ooh, and they, fun. Everyone who goes can go in. Uh, and that has be, that three years ago had become a theme so that like two or three houses were then doing haunted houses. Um, obviously, last year there was almost nothing because of COVID. So we still did our thing just here on our back porch and kind of went around. Um, I there were two dogs here, so I ended up staying here to make sure that the dogs didn't, um, you know, do anything toward untoward towards each other. Um, but yeah, the neighborhood I guess was pretty quiet last year. Uh, so we'll see if this year it's a little bit more COVID friendly, like people are still out and about. So we'll see. Yeah, the, it doesn't help. I don't think that we're in the UK. So it's not that Halloween isn't a thing, but it's not the same as in the US. So I usually make sure we have some candy, but we rarely get any trick-or-treaters at all. And a lot of times when we do, they're in 
either like you know a homemade mask or something like not like a real costume like something Mm. they've just kind of thrown together to kind of go out and get candy or Mm -hmm. you know some kind of very simple costume you don't really usually see that many trick-or-treaters in our area or ones that have um you know elaborate costumes Mm -hmm. and as we have talked about before it's not that halloween candy is bad It's just that Easter candy is better, and we don't know why. (laughs) Easter definitely takes the cake for candy. I still don't get it, but I mean, I won't turn down a Reese's cup for Halloween, but (laughs) Easter definitely takes the cake in specific uh, themed But can I have an egg-shaped Reese's? from easter uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, just not halloween like can they make the pumpkin they, maybe they could do the pumpkin one but do it fatter i was gonna say they do make the pumpkin ones and they are good but there's something about the chocolate to peanut butter ratio in the egg that is like the ultimate exactly. races yeah they just so. need to do like a fatter pumpkin so it's like more egg shaped of a pumpkin mm, yeah so then they, they'd have a, a closer to the chocolate peanut butter ratio yeah we need to talk to them about this apparently mm-hmm well Shosh tell us about commissioning artwork so I've been super excited because anybody who's been listening knows that I have a love for all of these people doing digital artwork online specifically I see a lot of it on Instagram and knows that I want to figure out how to do that and stuff so there's this artist from Instagram that I really love and her page always said commissions closed and I kept paying attention because I really 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 wanted to try to get a commission I think part of the reason I mean I like her style and everything but I think part of the reason I was so drawn to her was because she does all these pictures of people holding books and I'm like I want a picture of of holding books so it just kind of felt (laughs) felt like something we needed so I was stalking her page but it never said that the commissions were open every time I would check so eventually I just messaged her and I was like hey so what's the deal with this and she was like oh actually I'm opening them next week but she didn't tell me when so then I was actually legit stalking her like constantly checking her page over and over and over for a whole week I think Amir was about ready to kill me because I would not stop talking about it and I was like legit just I need this commission I need this commission I need this commission and then finally one Sunday I woke up and she had a countdown to opening commissions so I was like yes it's finally happening and then it got to the time and nothing changed I kept like refreshing on her page and I was like where are the commissions so finally I just couldn't stand it anymore because I was worried that they were all the places were going to fill up and I wasn't going to get one so I only waited like 10 minutes or something and then I messaged her (laughs) and I was like um so tell me how do I get a commission I saw your thing but nothing nothing says how to do it and so amazingly she was like oh they are open now would you like one and I was like yes Yes, I would. Very much. Very, very much. So No, I just wanted to message you and ask about it. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Actually, I don't want one. But no, so she was super nice. And I have actually now commissioned two pieces from her. And I sent her pictures and she created these amazing pictures for us. So I did one for our book club. So it has the three of us with some books actually the quarter thorns and roses books you've been hearing us talk about 
for our book club. And then I did one for Megan and I for Apartment 29A for the podcast. And I'm in love with them, basically. I'm obsessed. And that's why, even though the book club one was um, supposed to be Christmas presents, (laughs) I sent them early and forced them to open them and just apologized for making them have Christmas in September. Which no one complained about. For some weird reason, we were not upset about having to open a present early. Just I know. <laughs> it was, I felt bad because it was early, but there was literally no way that I could wait till the end of December. Especially oh because yeah. I couldn't give one without the other also. So I was sitting on two pieces of artwork that I was freaking out about. And it wasn't like I could even give one to to be okay to wait because obviously then it spoils the whole thing so I had to wait to do both at the same time so it, it, I was just too excited there was literally no way Amir made so much fun of me but I was like I don't I don't care I can't do it they Agreed. need them yep. and I need to show them so it, it must happen Christmas is now in September it was awesome and I love them love them love them love them so we'll have to put them are we allowed to put them up on like on instagram okay so we'll put them up so everyone can see them because i love them so it's the one for apartment 29a is shosh and i holding books holding teacups the the mugs have the apartment 29a logo on them which now we're like uh do we need to have those made (laughs) I know so I seriously future merch my friends <laughs> yeah because I was seriously today I was looking at I so I had mugs made for us for the book club one and I was using it and so then today I was like I need one of these mugs I think for our apartment 29a but then also we're holding mugs that have our logo and I'm like I also feel like I need that mug that mug doesn't <laughs> exist and I feel like I need it and that was when Megan was like merch it's gonna be merch <laughs> And I was, I also told her, I was like, Megan, the next time we're together, I feel like we should recreate this photo because I sent the artist just some pictures of us, different ones. And she created this photo. So it's, it's not like she did it from a picture that exists. She took other things out of context and created this photo of us. And I was like, we need to get our apartment 29A mugs and we need to put on the shirts because she took some, we were, we're in plaid. So we have our, our plaid shirts and we need to sit in the exact same pose and actually take the picture from the artwork. And I was like, that would be so much fun. And I think we need to do it someday. Yep. So So someday when we can be in the same place again and we've had our mugs made. That, 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 That middle part is harder. Yes, for sure. But it'll happen eventually. Yes, for sure. They can't and keep can't us away wait. forever. No, they can't. I'm in love with it all. Me too. I love them. I'm so excited about them. I'm obsessed. Yep. That's the end of our show. We made it. Yay. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.